Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll pick the best post to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now, and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest is Regina Martinelli. Regina is a certified master transformational NLP practitioner with a master's degree in change management and organizational development. She is your relationship coach for money using neuroscience and quantum physics to shift those stuck challenging patterns that block you from having the experience of money, success, and abundance that you want. Regina, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Thanks, Josh. It's inspired action. And I don't mean it like the way most people look at it. Like, oh, I'm inspired to get this business going. So I'm going to start calling. I'm going to start promoting. It's actually having the idea that you want and then sitting with, what do I now feel inspired to do? And it may be go for a walk, go get coffee because things start to show up ideas start to come in, connections start to happen and start to be made because of the synchronicities that are in the quantum field with you just putting your attention on inspired action that you want to have and inspired results. Inspired action. And, and it, I, I I like that. And I need to get an understanding of what the difference is between kind of inspired action and let's say deliberate action. Like I'm going to act with intention or I'm going to act with inspiration. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two? Yes. There's a lot of times people get stuck as entrepreneurs with your mindset and you're like, I've got to get this thing resolved. I have this problem or I have this thing I have to overcome. And we get stuck with, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so we need to take action. There's deliberate action that you're trying to force. And if you just step back for a minute and say, what is it that I want? I want this to go smoothly. I want to find a resolution. I want to find funding. I want to find clients, whatever it is. And then you take a break from it mentally and you say, now what do I feel like doing? I want to go to the gym. I want to go you know, play this game or go have coffee, do something else. Cause you take your mind off of it because the intention has been out there. So you go do something that is calling to you. And I'm not talking about the next eight hours, but for a short period of time, because you've now taken your brain off of it. So the other parts of your, of your super conscious and the quantum field can work to start dropping things in. And then it starts to show up. So like, I think it was Thomas Edison uh, or Benjamin Franklin. He used to have a uh, time when he would get um, blocked in his inventing and he would take a nap and he'd put a rock in his hand. And when his, when his hand would let go and the rock would drop, he'd wake up and he'd have the answer. So he took his mind off of it and gave it a, his, his conscious brain a chance to stop making all this noise so that the other parts of him could come in and come up with a solution. It's the same thing, but instead of taking a nap, we go out and do something that we love that then creates um, more inspiration for the solution we're looking for. That's, that's fascinating. And I've, I've heard, Something similar uh, described to me by a, a guy named Adam Lyons, who I look up to, and he talks about the right brain versus the left brain. If, uh, the the left brain, I correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the left brain is kind of like the the working logic brain, and the right brain is the kind of fun, creative side. Is that am I am I at least close? Yeah, okay. great. And so what he says is, if you're working all the time, 
your right, your right brain is like, come on, let's go have some fun. And you're like, no, we got to work. We got to work. And then eventually your, your right brain, just like, like a two-year-old at the restaurant, that's not getting enough attention. It's going to be like, nope, I'm shutting this show down. You're not going to get any work done. If I can't have fun, you can't work. And it's almost like you have to feed both sides of your brain to keep them balanced. Because as soon as you go and you do that thing that, that is fun, it's like, all right, I'll give your energy back to the work brain a little bit. That's, that's the way I've seen that ex- kind of described. And so I, I love, I love this analysis kind of based on science. So that's really fascinating. Yeah, It's like one, one part of your brain goes offline and then you're stuck with, I, I can't, I, I can't bring it back. Another great way to do it, which is a simple hack is if you hold your hands like this and you cross your fingers and then you switch how you cross them back and forth like this, well, what you're forcing to happen. For those of us that are just audio only. So let's describe right. what, what we're doing. If you, if you um, clasp your hands together, like you hold your own hands where you have your left thumb over your right and then all the other fingers follow. And then you rearrange it so that your right thumb is over your left thumb and all the other fingers follow. And you keep doing that, you keep crossing and recrossing and moving them one position. Or this is a way that gets your left brain talking to your right brain and it brings them both back online ah. because they both have to work. It could happen with switching your arms, crossing and uncrossing your legs, going for a walk, because sometimes we only use one side of our brain so much like you said the other one gets taken offline or if we get caught in this place of fight flight or freeze and our critter brains get alerted and we get into panic mode or stress then that creative side shuts down because it's not going to be used they're going to your brain's going to put all of its energy into your survival because it thinks that there's a threat and so this crossing and uncrossing brings them both back online yeah and that's that's fascinating and i I love that there's any other kind of physical hacks that we can do to kind of really re-engage and get our brains going. I love this. So clasping your hands with the right thumb on top and then change to the left thumb on top. And it makes your right brain talk to your left brain. Are there any other kind of quick physical hacks like that? Yeah. Crossing your left and right arms, your left and right legs, walking where you switch, where you move your arms forward and backwards with your legs. It's crossing it over the midline of the body. That's what you need to do. And you need to do it several times because it, it has, you know, the left side's, um, controlling the right side, the right side of the brain is controlling the left side of the body. You're making them work in tandem. When one side of your brain goes down, one is fully taking over. So yeah. this way you're forcing them back online to work together. Got it. Yeah. Now I, ever since doing that just a couple of minutes ago, I feel much more creative. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so, so changing, changing directions a little bit. Uh, I know that you are a relationship coach for money, which I, I love that title uh, and one of the things that you like to talk about a lot are the three biggest blocks to money or these belief systems that trip people up about money. Could you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So one way that we get stuck is our limiting beliefs, like feeling that we have you have to work hard, that um, working hard equals money. Now, if working hard actually equals money, our teachers and our nurses would be the one percenters and the billionaires. And they're not, it's just a belief that we have. But when we hold that belief, because it's come through our culture, our family or our society, then we actually look for evidence for it to be true. And so we always look for um, subconsciously challenges to make money being hard. So that's one thing, that's the limiting beliefs. Another one is safety patterns. It's how our brain ensures that we repeat patterns, even as awful and unwanted and upsetting as they were, because we survived them previously. 
we repeat struggle, loss, or anxiety, shame, or stress, even procrastination and dread around money over and over again. I see this a lot with entrepreneurs where they'll make lots of money and the next thing you know, they get kind of um, anxious and nervous and they have to spend it. And then there's relief that they've spent it, but yet they're stressed now because they need more money to keep going. And so then they make more money and they feel calmest when they're making the money. But once they have access in their bank account, it's like, <gasps> Uh oh, what I do with all this money? And then something happens, something goes wrong, or they have to spend it and they're back down again. That's that safety pattern. So there's this roller coaster of income that they ride until they can get that revised. So that's one way. The last way is something that's a little bit out there for people. It's called in family, family inherited loyalties. And it's how we limit our abilities and hold our success hostage in an effort to show that we love our family, both consciously and unconsciously. Because the question underneath it all is, who am I to have it better than my family when they've always worked hard for money? Our ancestors struggled for generations. They didn't have much. Who am I to have it easier? And so we continue to create the same struggles or we have the same failures that our great grandparents did out of these unconscious loyalties to show that we are like them. Wow. And so it's almost like each each of these is some kind of self-destructive, self-sabotage pattern objectively speaking, not saying, you know, like anybody's trying to destroy themselves, but it's like the safety pattern really stands out to me. Uh, what did you call the first one again? I, I uh, Limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Okay. So limiting beliefs, safety patterns, and family loyalties. Yes. Okay. And yeah. the safety patterns are the most interesting thing because it's like, okay, I can get myself out of this situation. And then I get myself out of it. I, I, I get above the surface of the water and I'm like, oh, it's scary up here. Maybe I should go back down there and be drowning again. Why do you think that happens? And it, it, like, we really got to dig into that because that's probably of the three. That's the one that I see that's the most obvious, but maybe it's the other two that are really driving that behavior. But I'm curious about what you think. Yeah, great question. So safety um, patterning, it's called safety patterning because it happens under the age of six. Believe it or not, there are impressions or things that happen to us that we make believe that we make a decision about as a young, young, young child that form these. And then we start repeating them, looking for safety. So if we had a tumultuous childhood or even some tumultuous a couple of instances where our parents got divorced, we moved a lot, or we were bullied at some point, or someone um, wasn't safe in our house. This kind of safety pattern shows up where we feel safest building up towards, you know, basically that kind of free market. Of, oh, I, I have um, extra cash. I have spending money. I feel good. But when you're here, a lot of times when people have had an unsafe life at home, this is when the other shoe drops with the parent and they become angry, upset. And then <gasps> we, we get, torn back down to this um, very scared place, but it's also a relief because our brain knows we can re we can survive it. So we're now talking about two different parts of our brain too. When we're in our conscious brain, our executive functioning brain, we're really happy to be at top of the wave. Our critter brain, which we share with all the animals on the planet, is happiest when we're at the bottom because when we're at the top, we're most vulnerable to be attacked, to be targeted. And at the bottom, when we're most struggling, we're the safest. So it always wants to bring us down to, to our best place of survival. At the top, when we're flush, not so much. And we're, you know, public. When we're at the bottom, when we're struggling, we're a lot safer. So unconsciously, we're doing that to ourselves until we revise those patterns. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, and, and when it, it all comes back down to, um, you know, and again, I'm, I'm no medical or science expert, but, you know, I've, 
I've read some blogs on the internet, so I'm obviously a pro, right? <laughs> so uh, there actually is a book called Habits of a Happy Brain by Loretta Bruning. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I, uh, are you familiar with Loretta? I'm not. Okay. Um, so I spent a day with her at the zoo. Uh, she spent three decades studying the behavior patterns of monkeys. And uh, one of the things that was fascinating about that, just right, right along the lines of what you're saying, animals are constantly concerned about survival. How do I get food? How do I take care of my kids? How do I make more of them and assure the continuance of my species? Those are the only things they're really thinking about because survival is actually really hard if you're not a human. Yeah. Uh, and if we understand how our bodies are wired we start to understand why we do these things that we do because we're constantly scanning the horizon for threats. And when there are no more saber toothed tigers, uh, we're just looking for the next threat, which might be discomfort, you know, or, it, or it might be, you know, that exposure. Like if I'm standing on top, I'm exposed, I can be taken out. But if I'm down here with the rest of everybody, just kind of like one of the poor people, I'm probably safe because I'm one of many. And that's, that's kind of what you're saying there, right? And so it's, it's just fascinating to me that our brains and our bodies are designed against our success. And in order for no. us to be successful, we have to fight human nature <laughs> to get there. No, actually, thank you. And that's what most people think. It's they use okay. willpower and they use force because they're trying to use the conscious brain to wrestle the subconscious brain. And it'll never happen because the subconscious brain has been fully online since you were in utero. And the conscious brain has only been online fully since we're about our mid-20s. So it will always lose out, even though it's the place that we have choice and we make you know our visions for our future and our grander decisions. But the fight, flight, and freeze, where we freeze up and can't make a decision, that part will take seniority always. And again, it will crash us and we have to cross and cross our fingers. The way to do it, and this is the trick, this is what I love about the NLP that I do, and I am biased, is that we actually go into that part of the brain using the language that it understands because it does not deal with verbal stuff like affirmations and meditations and journaling aren't the language that this brain uses or willpower because you're battling yourself. And when you're battling yourself, who wins? Neither side. So you have to go in and using the language it uses, re-imprint and let it know that being at the top of the wave where you're cushioned, and you're in, in the public and you're doing great, that is survivable. You have to let that part of the brain know you can survive this. Then it will start choosing that as an option instead of the bottom where you're at zero, you're struggling, you're scrambling and stressed. And it's very easy to do and it's all revisable. It does not take long to do once we get to the that little core, core source. Yeah, fascinating. And, and so so for those uh, who are listening to this and they want to learn more about the science behind their behavior and, and getting a better relationship with themselves so that they can make a better relationship with money as entrepreneurs, how do we learn more about you, what you do and who you help? So um, I you can make it you can do a discovery call with me and I'd love to chat with you about what's going on. It's your wealthy self chat.com pop on there hop on my calendar it's super easy or you can hit me up at um rm at regina martinelli.com your wealthy self chat.com yep oh sorry your wealthy self call.com your wealthy self call.com yeah excellent wow just uh, mind-boggling stuff and this is this is this is the kind of thing that i would talk about for like six hours 
and we would totally geek out about, you know, unfortunately, most people listening to this podcast have an attention span that, you know, 12 minutes is pushing it. So we're going to have to wrap up from here. But uh, for those of you uh, who are really interested in this topic, uh, I strongly recommend that you connect with Regina Martinelli by going to yourwealthyselfcall.com. And thank you again, Regina, for coming on and sharing some wisdom about how we operate and how we can overcome that to make sure that we get things done. We're going to wrap from here. Thank you so much again to Regina for joining us. Uh, Thank you. you, If you uh, listen to us on your morning commute or your workout or somewhere out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT. Literally tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break the seven figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here, ain't going to get you there. We can help. Go to imfactor1.com now and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.